If you would please stand for the reading of the gospel. the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in us the fire of your love. The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. I'd like to invite the children to come forward for the children's sermon. Right. What do we have here? Hammer and a screwdriver. So I want you guys, let's see, why don't you take both of these and put them with the right tool. What do you have in your hand first? What is that? A nail and a, what's in the other hand? A screw. So which, which are we going to put with which? Clever naming, clever naming, that's right. So let's go ahead and put them down right next to them. That's right. So the question I have is, this and this work together, right? The hammer and the nail work together. Now what happens, yeah, the slots even match up. So let me have the screw here. What happens if we go like this? What happens if we put the nail with the screwdriver and the screw with the hammer. What happens? It doesn't work because this has all these little rings that'll create friction, making it harder to fasten. It's not. It doesn't have a screw that will slowly allow it to go down. Or the threads, exactly. So the question is, you'd have to use these things in a way that they weren't made to use, right? And today in the reading in Acts, what the story is talking about is that God has given us all gifts. And when we take time, and we take time with other people to discern what our gifts are, we're more likely to use them in the way God intended them to be used. It's more like a hammer and a nail, or a screwdriver and a screw. When we're not careful with that, it's like we're using the wrong tool, and it's not a pretty thing. So as we grow up and as, even as adults, we're constantly asking ourselves, what has what God created me to be about? 
And that's the question that Pentecost raises for us. Let's say a prayer. Can you guys hold your hands? Gracious God, we give you thanks for the Holy Spirit. We give you thanks for the gifts that have been given. Help us in this community to identify those gifts that we might do the work that you have called us to be about. Amen. Okay, you guys go back to your seats. So, not being a native of Minnesota, I don't tell too many Oli and Lena jokes, but I'm going to start with one. <laughs> and if that phrase means nothing to you, it's part of our cultural ethos as uh, Lutherans. The story of Oli and Lena when Lena had dragged Oli into marriage counseling. Lena complained to the counselor that Oli, in 50 years of marriage, had never told her that he loved her, just on the day that they got married, and had never said it since. Oli's defense was that he hadn't changed his mind. <laughs> he hadn't changed his mind. I think that's a, a good piece particularly in our tradition, that takes a while, you know, centuries maybe even, to warm up to things that are about passion and spirit, like the Holy Spirit. And that is today's big piece, this idea of the Holy Spirit and what it means to us. And we start to get into our heart and our feelings and our emotions. And as Lutherans, that's when we typically start squirming in our seat and longingly go back to things that are less emotional like that. But I think it's important to look at this piece that we have today because it is all about the church. In many places today, there will be birthday cakes for the church this will be a celebration, a kickoff. Pentecost often understood as the beginning of the church as we know it. However, it's also the end of things. This is the very last Sunday of Easter. We have celebrated Easter for a week of weeks, as it is said. So here we are remembering this very last Sunday of Easter, and the gospel text for today says, and on that day, the first day of the week, if that sounds familiar to you, it's because we read that same text every year, the Sunday immediately after Easter. So just a few weeks ago, and we hear this story of John that's kind of a Pentecost, kind of a great commissioning kind of text where Christ comes to them and says, peace be with you. Now, I think it's important that we start to reconcile these pieces. The Gospel text brings us back to the night of the day that Jesus rose from the dead. Everybody is scared silly. The doors are locked because they're afraid of the officials who just crucified their rabbi, their teacher. They're hiding who do we send out for food? How do we get out of town? There's all of this fear and angst. 
But then we read that great story from Acts 50 days later where there is this confidence. There is this sense of motion and movement. This sense of moving forward. 50 days. What a difference that period of time makes. The confidence that they have. Well, what's happened in the meantime? A lot. They've seen Jesus. They've experienced Him. There are all kinds of things happening in their lives. And just this last week, as we celebrated a little while ago, the ascension, Jesus has left them. And they hunker down again. Now, one of the things about Pentecost is we often in Christian circles move into other words that are related, like Pentecostals and others who think that they've got the corner on the Holy Spirit market. But I think it's a misunderstanding of this text if we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit as not being things that are immediately tangible. They had a task. There was an entire world, an entire globe that had not heard the story of Jesus Christ. And there were obstacles. As you can hear in the text, the crowd is saying, aren't these guys from Galilee? Meaning, probably don't have a lot of book learning. (laughs) How in the world are they speaking in more than one language? The whole world has come to Jerusalem and the major obstacle is that they couldn't talk with most of them. And so what does the Holy Spirit show up with? Not flowers. Not chocolates. Not tongues that no human being can understand. But the Holy Spirit shows up with a toolbox for the work that's to be done. I remember when I got married, the sentimental gift that my father gave me was a toolbox. (laughs) I think he was mortally afraid that I was going to take my new wife three quarters of the way across the country and not be able to hang a curtain. (laughs) It wasn't something flowery, but it was something tangible and immediately useful. It was a set that got a lot of use over the next several years, from one project to the next to the next. And that's what we have today. There is a sense that God is at work in the world. And this work requires gifts and skilled people. That's us. Not all of us have the same gifts. In fact, we often have very different gifts one from another. And the challenge for us is to identify those gifts that God has given us and to see how God is calling us to use them here and now. It's kind of difficult to think of other stories in human history that have generated a movement such that upwards of a billion people or more, 2,000 years after the events described in the text, are gathering to remember the stories. No other story in human history. There are things at work today that are hard for us to grasp. But at the same time, we are called to discern in ourselves the gifts that God has given us 
and to use them. Now, I think the challenges you heard in the children's sermon, are we trying to hammer in a screw or try to screw in a nail? Are we using our gifts in ways that God did not intend? Are we misusing our gifts? Are we not using them at all and allowing them to gather dust? But I find the image of tools to be interesting because the text is clearly calling us to build in a fashion. Or, to take us back to the very beginning, to create with God. And while sometimes this may involve tools like hammers and nails, sometimes it involves tools like pianos or paintbrushes. Or sometimes it involves tools like having an hour of spare time to be with a friend or a neighbor who is hurting. Or sometimes these tools look like scalpels and blood pressure cuffs. The way in which life is nourished and sustained in this world in a way that brings beauty and hope. These are the tools that God has called us to use. So I would encourage you as we finish up this week of weeks to be reflecting on what God is calling you to be about. Sometimes it's a specific gift that we have that we might bring to bear. But I'd like to tell you just as we finish here about the one gift that all of us have that is the one that is often the least used. It is the gift of being the right person at the right place at the right time. Often doesn't require a PhD. Often requires 30 minutes of our time or two seconds of holding a door open. All of those moments where we look around and see no one else stepping in, but we can. That is a gift that many of us have. And it's a challenge for us because it can wear us down. But that's why we gather every week to build ourselves up, to be refreshed with the body and blood of Christ such that we have the courage and the strength to go out in the next week. To see those opportunities for our unique gifts or that opportunity where we're that right person at the right place at the right time. Amen.